Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 678. Gold. Its wings were bigger than my spread hand. And as I watched it flutter deeper into the foliage in search of a fresh flower to light upon. Suddenly, its wings were no longer moving in concert. They tumbled apart and fluttered separately to the ground like fallen autumn leaves. It was only after my eyes followed them to the base of the tree that I saw the truth. The ground below was not a resting place for butterflies. It was strewn with lifeless wings. Thousands of them littered the grass beneath the tree's canopy like a blanket of gemstones. The red ones offend my aesthetic claimed a cool, dry voice from the tree. I took a step back, trying to peer through the thick canopy of hanging leaves. What manners? chided the dry voice. No introduction? Staring? My apologies, sir, I said earnestly, then remembered the tree's flowers. I amended. Ma'am, but I have never spoken with a tree before, and find myself at something of a loss. I dare say you are. I am no tree, no more than is a man a chair. I am the Cathay. You are fortunate to find me. Many would envy you your chance. Chance? I echoed, trying to catch a glimpse of whatever was speaking to me from among the branches of the tree. A piece of an old story tickled my memory. Some scrap of folklore I'd read while searching for the Chandrian. You're an oracle, I said? Oracle. How quaint. Do not try to pin me with small names. I am Cathay. I am. I see. I know. Two iridescent blue-black wings fluttered separately where there had been a butterfly before. At times, I speak. I thought the red ones offended you. There are no red ones left. The voice was nonchalant. And the blue ones are ever so slightly sweet. I saw a flicker of movement and another pair of sapphire wings began spinning slowly to the ground. Your food... Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So scary! (laughs) You're Felurian's new manling, aren't you? I hesitated, but the dry voice continued as if I'd answered. I thought as much. I can smell the iron on you. Just a hint. Still... One has to wonder how she stands it. A pause, a blur, a slight disturbance of a dozen leaves. Two more wings twitched, then fluttered downward. Come now, the voice continued, now coming from a different part of the tree, though still hidden by the hanging leaves. Such a curious boy is bound to have a question or two. Come Ask. Your silence much offends me. I hesitated, then said, 
I suppose I might have a question or two. <sighs> the sound was slow and satisfied. I thought you might. What can you tell me of the emir? And that's the page. (laughs) (laughs) My back is like all the muscles in my back are tense because Nick is so freaking scary. (laughs) (laughs) Masterfully done. Masterfully done. Yes, very good. I hate it. Never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have a few more pages, Dornetta. Don't worry. There There will be more. I, like I said, I've been preparing for this uh, my whole life, really. This is my greatest performance. All my, you know, theater school is behind me, but I can still have some fun with uh, this voice work. It's that you have skills and you need a place to use them. This is it. <laughs> I have a very exactly. particular Much set like of Liam skills. Neeson, I have a very particular <laughs> set of skills. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, mercy. Not not to, to downplay at all Nick's command performance just then, but this sequence is so short and so creepy and so it's just a conversation like nothing that bad happens but this reads like Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Starling having a conversation Quoth doesn't know that's what it is but that that's exactly what it is and the Cathaya is so good at manipulating him too like Quoth when Quoth is first realizes that he's talking to a being he tries to be polite. He's like, I, I apologize for my bad manners. I've never spoken with a tree before. And the Cathaya picks up on that. And then later on on the page, surely a curious boy is bound to have a question or two. Come ask your silence much offends me, right? It's picked up already that Quoth is eager not to offend and plays on that to manipulate him into doing what it wants. But it needs him to ask a question, right? Like it's desperate. For him to to ask for something that it can respond to, mm-hmm. I don't think it gets to work. It's 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 evil, whatever it is it does. I don't think it gets to do that unless Quoth asks a question. So maybe there are some rules here. Maybe it's not quite what Bass said, where just interacting with it causes the misfortune. Maybe he does have to ask because I I really get the sense that it's yeah, it's desperate. For yeah, to ask it. just because then it gets mad when it doesn't when Quoth doesn't ask it the question it wants him to ask. So I think that you're right that it operates on the rule that like it it knows all this stuff, but it can't tell you what it knows unless you ask it the right question, uh, which is a very fairy tale kind of thing, and also makes it in some ways like the perfect like antagonist for Quoth because Quoth one of Quoth's character traits that can sometimes be a weakness is he's insatiably curious. He's always asking questions, even questions that maybe he should not be asking that are dangerous to ask. I have a small manner of business, matter of business. The Cathay's line, surely a curious boy is bound to have a question or two. What does that read in your book, Nick? Surely a curious boy is bound to have a question or two. Okay. Did I misspeak? Uh, Yes, but it is fine because I thought it was an exciting thing and now it's not. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, on the subject of tiny things, there is a sentence that tripped you up at the top of the page, Jordana. And I there think is like every sentence. But oh yeah, the one that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's because there should be a comma in it. Its wings were bigger than my spread hand, and as I watched it fluttered, there should be a comma after watched. Right? Then the sentence makes sense. No, it fluttered deeper. 
as I watched it flutter deeper into the foliage in search of a fresh flower to light upon. It's a perfectly cromulent sentence. No, it's not because the, uh, and as I watched is like a, is a parenthetical. There should be a comma there to separate that clause out. Because if you remove, if you like remove that, then you can have its wings were bigger than my spread hand. It fluttered deeper into the foliage. Right. I I think that's an unnecessary comma. I think it's fine. The fluttered is past tense. And I think that's what was tripping you up, Jordana. I don't think you caught the past tense on fluttered. As I watched, it fluttered deeper. Not I watched it flutter. Not it's not present uh. tense. You're right, but you wouldn't. That wouldn't be confusing if there was a comma after watched. I think I, it's fine. I yeah. It we get it. We understand the sentence. I'm not too bothered by it, but also I misread things like a lot, so it makes sense that I'm not too bothered by it because this happens to me all the time. <laughs> well, I want to speak with Rothfuss's copy editor because I think that sentence would read a lot more clearly if there was a comma to separate those clauses. I think it's interesting that Quoth has encountered the Cathay before in his readings. I don't think that we have been told of it outside of the story. I don't think that there has been any reference to a tree oracle. I think that in the frame narrative after this, we, we learn about it. But I don't think, you know, I don't think that we've seen it yet. This is the first time we've seen it. But I do think it's interesting that this is not something that's been expunged in the way the Chandrian has. This is something that is in the various folklores or the various bestiaries and, and mythologies that Kvothe has encountered. Uh, so it's not so dire as to be expunged from the archives. Kvothe has encountered this somewhere before, but it didn't strike him as being particularly important. I think that maybe tells us like the place that the Cathaya has in the mortal, like kind of legendarium is even like more obscure than the Chandrian. The Chandrian are like a like kind of an old timey fairy story that most people have heard some version of, even if they don't take it seriously or think there's anything to it. But the Cathaya is even more obscure than that to the point that like Quoth like half remembers a scrap of a mention of it that he saw one time. So even in all the archives, like there's barely a mention of it at all. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not. It doesn't say specifically that the Cathaya was mentioned. It says that like Quoth remembers something. It might not be specifically the Cathay. Well, he knows it's an oracle. He knows enough about it to be like, oh, that story was about you. You tell the future or something. Like he knows yeah. enough about the the tree creature that tells the future to know, okay, I know your deal. You're an oracle. And he goes, oh, I'm so much more than an oracle. Yeah, it's clear from the context of the sentence that the piece of the old story is about the Cathaya in some way, even if it doesn't necessarily mention it. So I think that we can't discount the possibility that somebody or some agency, some force might have pruned the archives of references to the Cathaya. Uh, and since we know that Fae can come into the mortal world if they so choose to, that might imply that, you know, the, the same Fae who are supposed to guard the Cathaya and shoot anyone who tries to talk to it might have gone into the mortal world and purged references to it from the mortal world so that what is happening now doesn't happen. Hmm. I'm very pleased to finally get some positive non-binary representation in this book. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, I get it because I probably do this too, but it is funny when you just see it laid out on the page that Quoth sees flowers and goes, oh no, it can't be a boy tree. It must be a girl tree. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's very funny. Yeah, I feel like the the they the they would would be non-binary because it's sort of it's it is beyond. Yeah, the the Cathay is probably not a gendered being, and it, throughout it's only it's not ever gendered at all. It's referred to just as the voice. I wonder if it looks like something or if it's invisible. Well, that see the thing is, I thought of the Cathay as like being like an evil spirit that isn't that is bound into this tree, but. Quoth sees like leaves moving on the branches and the voice seems to be coming from different parts of the tree, which does kind of imply that there's a horrible little goblin or something running around in there. Yeah, I I think there is a sense of movement later on. I think as the conversation goes on, Quoth gets closer and closer to glimpsing it. So it does really seem like it's actually up in the tree branches. And I think it's worth pointing out the parallels between this and the serpent in the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Does, like that's I can't help but think of it as a snake, frankly. Like I can't help but think of it as like a snake slithering through the branches of the tree, even though I don't think that's what it is. Um, I think that that image is so deeply ingrained in our cultural consciousness that it's really hard for me to take it out. And I, you know, I this is in many ways like the adversary whispering poison into the ears of man. Yeah, that is such a good point, and I can't believe that it ha- didn't occur to me. <laughs> but this is definitely like a knowledge, you know eating fruit from the tree of knowledge and learning about evil being tempted into it by a voice in a tree. That is very biblical. I can't believe that never occurred to me. And while we're on the subject, uh, I don't think it comes up and I'm sure there's some theories about it, but I don't have access to them right now is that the flowers from the tree seem like they're unique and desirable, at least to the, uh, to the, to the butterflies, butterflies. Yes. I don't think we see the flowers elsewhere. Um, but they may be important. I I think any artifact related to the Cathay is definitely a source of some uh, discussion. The only other flowers we see are blue flowers, or sorry, are cellus flowers. I think are the only other blue flowers that are important. But I'm not. I don't think these are cellus flowers. No, I don't think they're cellus flowers either. They feel like they'd be smaller. Are cellus flowers blue? I think they're blue, but I might have made that up. I thought mm. they were red. I imagine I think it might be red because they're they're pictured on the box art of the tack game. This is the second time the paratext of the box art of the tack game has come up. So, according to a a quick look at the uh, the Kingkiller wiki, the cellus flower is a flower in which Quoth describes Denna. It's red. It's a deep red flower that grows in a vine. All right, I take it all back, listeners. I will crush your uh, hopes, dreams, and theories just like I squashed Nick's on tomorrow's page. Of the wind. wind.